Okay. Hi, and welcome to the 97th edition of Keen Minds, where we cover NBC The Blacklist. This is Season 7, Episode 13, Newton Purcell. I'm Jen, a.k.a. Takata Cycle. And I am Tessa. And what an episode! I really enjoyed it. It was a very different vibe than last week's that I enjoyed very well, but... So, when I said last week... Oh, it's the fun of the blacklist is back, but, you know, I feel like I can't say that because it wasn't everybody here. This felt like a good blacklist episode (laughs) with everybody there. It just, it meshed very well. And I think we got quite a bit of mythology and a lot of nice little trails to follow down. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of stuff. Um, Always happy when they hand me mythology. Always. Yeah, it uh, it I I consider it. These two episodes flow so well, you know, because we had fun red and and we had a little bit of him ending with Agnes dancing, and this episode also ended with something with Agnes, you know, and, and uh, you know we saw some some of a fake fast for Agnes. So this is a lot of of putting emphasis in Agnes that I think it's um it's really interesting. Yeah. So let's talk about the blacklist. The blacklister. Uh, So something really interesting I noticed that keyed off. Newton is not a common name. This is our second Newton in the blacklist, though. And you and I have talked about over and over again how they repeat names and how often, especially when they're uncommon names, if they're Mm -hmm. repeating them, that may be a hint towards something. I mean, someone may just know a Newton. And it it's come around again, but considering Newton Phillips yeah. was the other Newton, and that was Mr. Gray, yes. and uh, Newton means new town, and then we got Neville, which is also means new town, and Townsend, which means end of town. We're getting a lot of towns. Yeah, and so just hearing Newton was very interesting for me, and it it definitely. Stuck pin in the the idea there. I don't know if they're trying to call back to something. Um, I mean, obviously two very different individuals, but there may be something about this episode that'll link back to Newton Phillips somehow, some way. Mm. Yeah, it would be interesting. It was was very, and I I found this blacklist really well made. It was, I love the way they had it balanced that I actually felt uh, um, compelled by the blacklister because I myself, I used to live in New York City and I all the time, even before living in New York City, I hate noise. It annoys me to an extent. So I, and I moved out of New York City partly because of the noise and the lack of space. But there was a, um, I, I found that what makes those blacklisters is that they choose to go after the wrong people. That's what makes them unlikable. And that's what, what makes them wrong in a villain instead of somebody on a quest to get justice. It's going after the wrong people. See, I, I have a slightly different approach to this guy. I, I really liked the idea behind it. I liked the, you know, taking a look at sound and overloading people with sound. I really enjoyed that. I felt like the moment that I decided, okay, this is not a sympathetic villain. I'm not even sure he was supposed to be a sympathetic villain, particularly. Maybe the the situation was, Mm -hmm. but not him. His wife left him 
because he was, I guess, deeply depressed because of this. But then he turns around and blames, you know, starts murdering people. Yeah, he starts murdering people for it. And so that's like, if she had died, and th- see, that's where I thought they were going with it. I thought that she was going to have gotten so depressed that she killed herself or something like that. Or that there were complications with her health. Somehow she died, and that's what had set him off on this. But it's it's a very selfish, and, and you get that impression with him. Because when you first see him, he's got that, the actor was great with it. He had yes, that he was twitch. fantastic. He had that eye twitch that was just such a clear and very subtle but very clear way of showing this guy's not all there and he's not supposed to be. And so I I had some complicated feelings towards him because I I do love a good sympathetic villain and Blacklist does that very well a lot of times. But I'm not sure this one was supposed to be. And so... That's okay. It's, a, it's the same, but we see a lot of this happening in the blacklist, and it's the. I think they're meant to be a comparison with a man on a on a revenge quest that takes actual the actual problem to the source, which I think is what Red is doing, to the blacklister who ends up doing something and or going after somebody who's not the ultimate cause or villain of the problem. Ranko Zamani was one of them. That general was just following orders. You can't go after the guy who follows the orders. You have to go after the guy who gives the orders. Uh, when they bomb his village and his sons died, it was he was just the instrument. And it's what, what Red had said, for example, when Tom wanted to go after Scotty before knowing that it was his mother. Is that it's just a higher gun. You can't you have to go after the person who hired them, not her. So I think that there is a bunch of them that they just when they veer off towards a personal revenge instead of the the real cause, then they become a blacklister, not a person on a quest. It's a re- revenge versus justice. Yes, and that's what Red tells Wrestler. It's about. It's not a revenge is over so quickly. And he says the I same sure thing to or something more. He said the same thing to Berlin. He said that you know that. That I think it was revenge. Revenge is said. a poison that is a, um, it's um ob- obsession that poisons the mind and something along yeah. those lines. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's been a recurring theme, and this was a really good and a very interesting way to look at it. And mm-hmm. so overall, I really enjoyed the blacklister. Yeah, I I I like um and and what a peculiar way of killing people. I love it. Yeah, like I said, the the whole gist of it was really interesting because they they've missed the mark recently with some episodes where they because the blacklist likes to take it up to that edge that yes. almost fringe. Yeah, you know, not not the show. When fringe, they've gone over the the edge, yeah, that has been a problem for me that I find myself like, eh. And it's a delicate balance, and it just Very. it takes you know sometimes it. And you never know if it's in the writing, in the way it was portrayed with the actors, if it was in the cutting room. There are so many different layers that it could have happened with. Mm. And sometimes it just doesn't hit right. Yeah. Eh, this one hit This one hit pretty well, I think. Yeah. Um, it, it this just, was very good. What did you... Um, what did you think about now going into um, into the, the real stars of this episode, Red and Glenn? I always love Glenn coming back. It's it always makes me so excited. I I love 
Uh, Clark Middleson is his name, isn't it? Yes. I just what a phenomenal actor. He is. He's so brilliant, and I love him so dearly. And it's, I love how rattled Glenn gets red, but how devoted he really is. Yes, he he is devoted. I what was the line? Was he's dug in like a like a horse tick? I think. Yeah, it's like a horse tick or something like that. That's so accurate. He just he got in there and he was not leaving. And we we've heard Glenn's mother brought up a few times before i get the impression that red has met her and that is a terrifying thought yes it it probably is i i imagine a sort of the dragon lady that is uh what is the wizard kid mom that terrifies him you know the 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 young kid the the 16 year old now 17 year old kid who's um oh yes um uh uh, tadashi Tabashi, yes. The mother is terrifying, too. Yeah. I think that, that, that Glenn mother is a different kind of terrifying, but equally terrifying. That's the one that was supposedly dying. He was doing the Hedrick Frodo protocol or something like that with a flaxseed thing. And it's just, it's just precious. I just and love this Glenn, was, but I, I will say, like... He's not a tall man, and as a short person that used to drive an F-150, <laughs> I mean, I guess, like, get the pedals up there, but I'm like, you're so tiny in that. <laughs> it was perfect, but he oh, was driving it. it like a madman. <laughs> I wish he'd gotten to keep the truck, because I love that. <laughs> but alas, he did get a very nice sports car, which he deserved 500%. Yeah. Love, and- Glenn. I love that Red had that humanity. The other day when he was looking for Ilya, he really went off on Glenn and he apologized later. But I love that this time he went to help Red because I'm sure that all those calls that the people got were not all part of natural things that happened that they just, I think that that Red was behind the scenes getting them out of the way. Oh, I know that he was, because yeah. he looks at Dembe and says, we have to find out everything about these people. Yeah. And then he goes in and talks to the pastor. And <laughs> and I just, the whole thing was so fantastic and I, so I, hilarious. I love the pastor, because he was... He 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 looked like one of those like yeah I'm holier than thou and he then starts talking about the Mercedes um, truck that he's really into and Red and him are like talking like and those are the moments of Red that you really love when he's he's with a person that he knows to be thoroughly despicable or completely unimportant or something and he's talking about the recipe for the cayenne pepper with with Cynthia or the beef bourguignon or the or the nanny movies um and then in this time they were talking about the truck and those moments in which red just completely goes off into his threatening self or cajoling self. And then he just goes and talking about something that he really loves. They're, they're probably the touches of total magic that the writing team and, and James Bader do. Yeah, I, I imagine, and this is not at all a knock to the writing team because you know I sing their praises often. But I have a feeling, just because James has that way about him, my guess is that he gets to have a pretty good influence over Red's lines. Yeah, I imagine. 
I imagine. But this was this was flawlessly done. And Glenn in the in the red track suit with a sweatband. It was just <laughs> perfect. Yes. I mean, just the track suit. I mean, just a track suit. Yeah. <laughs> Which we have another friend of his in a track suit too. Ilya was in a track suit of the red killed the yeah. guy and got him all splattered with blood. Oh my gosh. It just, it was fantastic. And I loved it. And I just, I mean, and, I just was hooting. The whole time. He did all this and then let Glenn believe that he had done all on his own. And that's honestly, that, that says so much about what Red really thinks about Glenn. I mean, he does, in the end, even though he may not trust him to get the job done, even though he may question him, he is a friend and he does care about him. And so that's, it was very sweet. And I loved the gesture there and they made it. Yeah. Yep. Value loyalty about above all else. And you know what? When everybody else was gone or in prison, when, when Kate destroyed everything, Glenn was the one that stuck with him through yep. everything. And, and so the, Glenn and Dembe. Yeah. He had the he had the loyalty and and that is important as I was saying that I was reminding myself of of uh, of that value loyalty loyalty above all else and 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 how Often the writers choose different ways of emphasizing that. Not Rhett said it, but then he had lived it. Yeah. And so it's it's a he's just so much fun. And and the, and the interesting thing with that thought of how they do that with Red, that that you see him not just saying it but living it, is the contrast with Liz, who seemed to value betrayal above all else. <laughs> um, she has she has betrayed I, it nearly everybody that loves her or trusts her. I think she just has massive trust issues, and I can't blame the woman for it. I think that she. Just looking at the way she was raised, everything she's been through, I think it takes a lot for her to trust somebody. But there's something in her brain that says, if you and I are blood related, you can get away with anything. Yes. And we we can touch on this a whole lot more when we get when into we get to, to Liz and, and Ilya and everything. Sure that, we, that we got that. Right. But I was just going to say that I do think... Because I've been really worried about how easily she accepted Katerina, blonde mm-hmm. cat. And I do think the fact that she's going after Ilya and looking for Ilya says that she's not just leaving this up to faith in this woman she doesn't know. Which is, I'm very glad to see that. See, you read it that. I don't know what she's going to do with that or if she's going to be tricked out of giving this information. And what peeves me is that Red told him this woman, this man is like a brother to her. And now she's doing to Ilya what she did to Katerina. She raised an old ghost. Now she's raising another old ghost. She just does not learn. And, no. <laughs> and and she betrayed, I mean, like she would say, tell Wrestler something is a secret, and then tell Red that he told Wrestler. And then Wrestler is like, she told you that? It's well, like, I mean, part of it's she's lost, she's lost a lot of her anchor. She doesn't have anybody good to bounce ideas off of and say, stop, stop, stop. You're doing the crazy again. You know, <laughs> that man had our child on the ledge and you want to help him. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that, she doesn't have that sounding board anymore. Yeah. 
So, but we can touch that when we get to 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 Ray. Yeah. I just wanted to throw this in here so we don't forget, because that definitely is a point that is coming more and more often, especially as Liz does, you know, the crazy again. Yeah, she does get on the crazy. Yep. So, uh, and I I'm cringing at this because I, and I'm sorry if we have any listeners that are fans of LOD. I'm not. I just she frustrates me greatly. But the actress is doing oh, a phenomenal the, job. Oh, she's great. She's like the actress is fantastic. So shady. It's like you look at her and you know you're shady. Oh, she totally <laughs> is. And like I, it's okay. So my biggest frustrations with it is that yes, I felt like especially since that whole when he's when she starts repeating back to Abram all these classified details. Obviously, he's told her. And he looks at her and goes, wow, you remember a lot. It's like, she's been fishing for information. Mm-hmm. I mean, this this is a spy show at its core. Yeah. You know? A lot of people think that she's a, she's a Katerina spy, but I don't think so because Katerina didn't know that they were looking at Birdie. Otherwise, they would have left. They would have hired Birdie somehow. So I don't think it is Katerina, Fakerina or Blonde Cat, as some people nicely call her. To me, Fakerina sounds great. Uh, although I do think that she is a real Katerina. Um, the original one. So that's a little complicated here. Yeah, I think you have a much more complicated theory than I do on that. But, you know, we'll see. complicated. But we do agree that she's probably fake. Yes, she's she's not, let's say, she's not Dom's daughter. She's a Katerina, but she's not Dom's daughter. Yeah, I I don't think she's Dom's daughter. I don't think she's Liz's mother. I think that she is... An advantage. Um, anyway, let's but talk Elephant about our not so favorite redhead who's having a ram jumping up an air- perfectly good airplane. <laughs> it's and that's the thing. It's again and again and again. And we've seen manipulative characters all through this show. This is nothing new, but it's so very obvious with her. She's pushing him to do things he's uncomfortable with, and not in a broaden your horizons kind of thing. It's Compromising your horizons kind of Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Yes, compromising his horizons. And so she's pushing him to do these things. She's manipulating him into doing these things. And then when she feels like she's about to lose him, she reads the situation. I mean, she's got to be in espionage somewhere because she's just too good of a manipulator. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what is the deal with this, but somebody put this woman... Uh, into this situation. Uh, I don't know who that is because, as I've said, I don't, I don't know if you remember when we were talking about the bag and Denison and the whole Bones things. I always said there is one or two unknowns manipulating situations from behind that we have not met, but we have felt the hand. So or hands. So there is this is somebody that I I, am totally convinced she is a spy for someone that someone is not Blancat. I don't know who that is. Yeah, I mean, and she could be a spy for hire just because I mean, she's obviously been running a long game on her husband. She's stuck around. um, But I do wonder why. With the no prenuptial prenup that she had. Yeah. Uh, but I do wonder about that. Um, I do think that 
that I'm not shocked that, that she had a prenup, but why would that have been down there with all the happy photos and just out there in the open? What it it seemed very conveniently placed. That may just be my writer's brain saying that, but um, it probably she wasn't expecting Aram to go down there. It was a it was a wake. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And I mean, so, it would have been very, very difficult to put a ram in a. It would not have felt right to put a ram in a situation where he would be um, going into a drawer. That's so true. For, for an expedient way, a ram drifts there because she, he gets a, a work call. He goes in there and not very. Um, Aram is not that kind of busybody that will go and look at things, but he's probably feeling guilty. Because he may have thought about this husband and with him, they were going to get out of the situation. And now the husband is conveniently dead. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was like wrestler's statement. Is it so bad when you're dating a married woman and the husband dies? I mean, it was kind of a jerk thing to say, but it's, I mean. Well, I didn't think it was jerk. I was think it was very, um, it was a good observation. I mean. I was going to say, but in the situation, I mean, come on. If you're if you're willing to be in that situation to begin with, it's already. I don't already think he meant kind of it as a, as a moral thing. I think he meant it as a, if I were little, it would be looking at it. Oh, I don't think wrestler meant it badly at all. I'm just, no. the whole Saying, thing. Saying, like, this is a little too convenient. Yeah, I would I would look at it. Um, so I think that that um, I'm not sure LOD didn't kill him. To be honest, oh, I'm uh, I'm totally certain she did. But that that's what I was getting at with the the manipulation is that he she thought he was about ready to leave, so she let him go. Quote you know, yep. air quotes there. But so and then he's like, oh, no, I'd like to do this. And I mean, you can tell that she's just leaving the breadcrumbs and he's a little bit really closer. Yeah, exactly. And so it's it's a manipulation tactic. And have you ever walk a dog with an extended leash? Yeah. When you want to bring them closer, you have to actually put your arm forward and then bring them in. So you're you so you're letting them go to just bring them in closer. And I think that's exactly what this woman is doing. Yeah, I just, I, I'm sitting here and shaking my head and going, so is this Janet 2.0? But we all, like, I like Janet. I did. I, I enjoyed that whole run. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm a Saram fan, and I very much enjoyed the whole Janet run because it was, there was a point to it. I just am not certain what, I mean, and we'll get there. There is a point of some Aram kind. has a terrible taste in women. And, you know, I know that some people are a lot fans of Samar, and I like Samar. I just was never a fan of Samar and Aram together. I uh, was. Because it was a bad idea. I mean, talk about a bad idea. And this woman, I mean, he's just got worse. I mean, this this is worse than Janet and worse than the one that was married or the one that had a porn addiction or the one that, that was a... a um, that was a thief or kleptomaniac or something of the sort. Yeah, this is bad. This woman is bad. She's just, bad I, news. I have, I have to wonder how this man has ever gotten security clearance. <laughs> well, he got a press down by Cynthia. Panna Baker. He got what? Uh, dressed down pretty bad. Cynthia just didn't tell me like he was an idiot or uh, what was it? He used the same word for for wrestler and for Aram. Are you an idiot or, or are you a, uh, for wrestler was a traitor or a moron and where Aram is? Are you a moron or something else? 
I'd forgotten about that, yeah. But obviously he's starting to tick off people in in the task force because Cooper, you know, you know, your skydiving has been noted as has your tardiness. And it's just like Cooper just has zero patience for it at this point and you don't want to piss your boss off like that. Yeah, well, he was it, it um it's a very interesting arc. I'm I'm finding it likable. Um you know, this and we didn't discuss last time when they were, you know, the when they were like breaking up and all that, but I figured it would going to be better when once we know where this thing was going, and obviously we know that it's going in a very bad direction. Uh, <laughs> this woman likely killed her husband. I would not be surprised if this is not the first husband she has killed. I can and tell this, see her being a black widow. Yeah, and I am not even sure that whatever happened to the husband was done by the uh, Lefleur de Mal. Be interesting, or if she basically hired someone within the Fleur de Mal to make sure that you know his that he got chosen for it. Yeah, and that you he know, was one of that he couldn't himself. escape. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, there is there is something very odd about this woman, and I wonder if they're making the the um, uh, the parallel to Katerina. But then that said, I wonder which Katerina. Mm. Yeah, because I think we've got two right now. Yeah, and, oh, I, and I, it's funny because everybody thinks about uh, about that. Um, Katerina was a redhead, right? So whenever you see a redhead, you're always going back to oh, Katerina was a redhead, correct? Yet you remember that picture of Katerina's mother's strange daughter, and that has two apostrophes in it. So Katerina's mother had a picture that was of a strange daughter, right? Mm-hmm. That's the one that wrestler gets. Wrestler assumes it is Katerina. That was never proved because the guy didn't even know that the wife had a daughter. So for all that matter, she could have had two or three. But that woman had dark hair and dark eyes. So that is, you start so to wonder. Exactly. I mean, but, she, she's got blue eyes, but she had dark hair. I mean, she yeah. has dark hair. Agnes has dark hair. Exactly. Now, granted, Agnes could have gotten it, you know, because you've got Scotty with dark hair and Tom. I mean, yeah. so she, but when Liz has it too, then something's. Yeah, there is something off there. And and so I have, you know, that my theory is that Liz is actually the biological daughter of Blonde Cat. Uh, for those of you who cannot see uh, Jen, right now, she just has, uh, she's way past having the, uh, looking up, I think the eyes are in the back of her head by now. <laughs> <laughs> she's going to need help putting the back in the front. <laughs> we have fun with theories. It's, I yeah. got my own rabbit holes that I fall down. I was joking with someone today. I said, I'm trying not to tip over into this one, but I'm pretty sure I just went face first. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so. so that's my thing is that we have no idea if it was the identity Katerina Rostova that was a, a redhead. But for all we know, both Blonde Cat and, and Katerina were not redheads. They Like uh, Vanessa Cruz, when we saw them, they were redhead with blue eyes. And that makes what? sense. Because, yeah. I mean, different identities. Yeah. <laughs> You will put. You will not only alter your 
your the colors of your eye, your hair, you probably wear wigs, have a different walk. I mean, we saw it with Tom when he put a new identity, he changed his hair, he dressed differently, had a different attitude about him. So that, I mean, to me, that always makes sense. And I, I find myself thinking if all these redheads that we've been peppered, Anna McMahon, Elodie, uh, Cynthia Panna Baker, we are supposed to be, and we get like masses of hair color. We get blonde, we get redhead, we get dark hair, and we should be start thinking about what is the real identity? Under which identity they were a redhead? Were this Katerina and blonde cat doubles of each other, doppelgangers? Well, I think so, because I, I keep going back to season two when Liz was it was talking to the uh, the Russian expert at the CIA, and he was the Katerina Rostova expert, and he said, you know, this, you know, we kind of assumed that this was multiple women that just working under one name, you know, not one person couldn't be all of that, mm-hmm. and and so Guess I what? think there's a lot of truth to that. I feel like they. It would make a lot of sense if, you know, whether it was the KGB she was working for or if she was working for someone else, the cabal, whoever she was working for or the CIA, whoever she was working for, I could see where there would be multiple Katerina Rostovas. And so and, you know, Lottie's cat, redhead cat, Liz's mom, um, you know, she married into the name Rostova, so maybe that's when she, I mean, that's, her husband's last name was Rostov, so. Mm-hmm. I but know. just remember that Tom, that Dom, that Red said, well, Dom is a Rostov, he cannot go to a hospital and I have to answer questions that he's not ready to answer, like why? He has a name that has nothing to do with Rostov. So what is about him that people will look at him in a hospital and say, oh my God, you're a Rostov? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, That's like a blood weird, disease. Weird sort of thing. I mean, is Rostov like Smith? I mean, that just... No, but it... What happened with a lot of Russians is a part of the family left the the Soviet left Russia before at the time of the revolution, and you could have had branches of the same family that basically grew up in very different places. And when the Russian uh, migrated out of Russia, they went very different places. And so you have a large contingent, for example, in Canada. You have people in Russia, in the United States. New York is a known place where a lot of people came. The Russian, uh, South Africa, Great Britain. So you can have really people that are part of one big extended family, one clan, that are not necessarily very closely related. You know, if past a third degree, you're basically unrelated, but you're yeah. part of the same family. I just, I, that seems overly complicated to me. Um, but, I mean, I guess if they have a reason down the way that makes it make sense, then okay, cool. But as of right now, that feels like a very complicated and needlessly complicated sort of thing. But that doesn't mean something we won't receive a piece of the puzzle that makes it make sense. Well, I'll go one step further. Um, I think that we have to... to Im- it seems like this woman's, the blonde cat name is actually Katerina Rostova. Well, I mean, Red calls her Katerina at the end of season six. 
He calls Katerina. She turns and around. And he refers to her as, as Katerina to Dembit. Yeah. And so, I mean, there's there's something going on there. Um, maybe he just doesn't know her real name. Maybe her real name is Katerina. It's it's difficult to say. Um, it's we, we have a puzzle here. I keep going back to that white puzzle that Red was mm-hmm. putting together. What was that season four? And I feel like that's kind of what we've got here because you could have all of those pieces, but because it's this big blank white puzzle, you may not know if you're missing pieces until you really get into it. Mm -hmm. So we don't know the pieces we're missing right now. So things that you look at and you're like, that doesn't make any sense because because we don't have all of it yet. And all the things that people are saying about Katerina Rostova, if there were many Katerina Rostova, many women inhabiting that identity of the KGB honey trap, then it makes sense. Um, And my theory uh, is that Liz's biological mom is actually blonde cat. And but she's the mother who didn't want her, and the mother who raised her is Dom's daughter. And Dom has no idea that she's not really Masha. That she became Masha when she went into that house and took the identity of Masha Rostova. Uh, that's you know, Red also says Masha was a a rumor. So it's the it's whole situation is very strange. And I find that the puzzle will appear to be complicated without really being complicated. It's a question of doubles. So I think that that is where, where Elodie comes in and to remind us about, you know, those, those redheads, um, are they real? Should we take them or should we consider that there is an identity just to them? Yep, we'll see. Yeah. And Aram is going down a rabbit hole that I'm not sure he's going to come out intact. I'm not even sure it's a rabbit hole there. I think he's just throwing himself headfirst down a well. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, <laughs> it's <laughs> this is not good. And it's it's very obviously not just from his angle, but people around him. With the exception of Liz, Liz seems to be fully on board with it. I think she's just desperate to see someone get a win. Yeah. Well, like, and, and so is wrestler, and everybody was like saying, "Oh, come on, you need a life, you know, you need to, you need." And it was wrestler who pushed him into, into dating, and then they discover. Remember that was at the beginning of season seven when they were like the, uh, vetting the the nannies for Agnes, and it turned out that every every woman they looked for him, it was you know either a, a criminal or had all these bad things. So now they're both playing video games. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm excited for this for this uh, thing with Aram. Um really excited. It's it's um I, I it's gonna be a fun, interesting fun for me. I imagine that some of the people are gonna be very um not like it like you. It's <laughs> yeah, I I I will withhold full judgment and acknowledge that I could very well change my mind about the whole situation. Once, once we see the goal, um, but you think that she killed her husband, right? We're oh, both yeah. on board of that. Yeah, she oh, killed yeah. her husband. Yeah, I, I don't trust her. I don't particularly like her. I, it's, it's but kind she of did exhausting. A very nice um, thing in there of, of crying when the husband was dead. Well, I mean, that's that's part of it. That's why. Yeah, it was very part. convincing. That's, that's feeding into. Up, oh, she's an operative. Yeah. Because. I mean, she's been 
shacking up with this guy and is supposedly in love with him and, you know, just feels a responsibility, even though she says it's not obligation or responsibility. It's just the right thing to do, which is yeah. kind of obligation. Yeah, they got the right thing to do so she can get the $10 million. Yeah, you know? Right? <laughs> Um, but I think she felt a rom slipping and felt it was time to, that, to get rid of the other one. Yeah, hook, because that guy was a hook that let Aram feel safe to start a relationship with her. Yeah, Aram is not really in the market for a relationship. He's always in the market for the wrong kind of girl for a reason. He's not really out to get one. It's not just a matter of bad judgment. Yeah, and apparently he's a very easy target. Yeah. Uh, he's a trusting soul. Um, all right, so let's go into your next least favorite subject. Park. Alina Park. Man, that woman can fight. She can. Like, the actress is... I, I love the actress. I, I'm assuming she does her own choreography in that. Who knows? But I I love a good fight scene, and I do like her fight scenes very well. Um, it's a lot of fun to watch her just about murder somebody. Um, that's That, honestly, for me, is the sole redeeming quality for Park right now is her rage fighting. <laughs> well, did you also get a thing about um, remembering List almost strangling the deer hunter and mm-hmm. and Red caught her? And she's saying, like, well, yeah, but I understand. He's saying, you almost did the same thing. Well, I mean, that, that's exactly what she was talking about because yeah. she you know, murdered Park looked, Tom Connolly, so yeah. she knows. And and that's that's what Park was aiming for. I didn't realize we had boundaries with this. And I mean, I think for Liz, when she was saying that, it was kind of this. Liz is she can't be replaced theoretically because red will only speak. I mean, and granted he speaks to everybody now, but the deal still stands. No Liz, no red. And Mm -hmm. so if they want to keep the task force going, Liz is required. So Mm -hmm. she gets away. This woman has received her badge back way more than she ever would in reality. (laughs) Yes. But you know, heightened universe. It's fine. Um, but I think that she's trying to get bad guys off the street. Yeah, I think she that you would do, I would. But I don't know if Park, being brand new, would get that sort of leniency. And I think she's trying to groom her in a way. I think that she's trying to guide her. Um, I think it's going to blow up in everybody's face. Would Alina be um, Liz Cooper? Hmm? Could Alina Park be Liz's Cooper? Can, As can Red Alina... has Cooper and he surrendered to Cooper because they have a history together of some things that, okay, that Cooper I'm did. Could, uh, could Alina be for Liz what Cooper is for Red? Somebody that in the future you could see uh, Liz surrendering and saying, I would only, I surrendered to Cooper and I will only speak to Agent, um, Agent Paris. Agent Park. No, no, Agent Park would be the Cooper, would be who she surrenders to, but she would only speak with the young Agent um, Salome uh, um, Paris. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, I see what you're talking about, you know, um, that'd be interesting. I, I, from my point of view, 
I like I could see them ending it that way because they do love good parallels and I love a good parallel. I I do like the idea just in general of breaking the cycle. Um, it's something I've really liked and really looked forward to with the stories that they're telling with the generations in this. And um, so to put Liz that directly after everything she's been through exactly in red shoes in, you know, 20 years, 30 years, I think that that would be, it it could happen. Um, I don't know if that'd be the worst ending ever, but I would prefer to see her, you know, Hmm. take a different direction i don't know we'll see we'll see what happens but maybe maybe that would be that kind of link i don't know um i just i feel like park is very forced and we only see they they just don't seem to be putting a lot of effort into her we'll get a ton of park when she's there and when she's not she just fades into the background mm-hmm. she doesn't command the audience at all she doesn't and well, I, we're gonna I get a whole park episode centric i know and that's what i'm saying it feels like oh we forgot park again let's let's it, focus up you know who she reminds me of reminds me of mira Mira was a character that was not exactly put a lot of effort into her. They we knew got... they were going to kill her off in the end yeah. of season one. Yeah. And we got a, a couple of, of good scenes with her uh, when when about the murder of, of Diane Fowler, when she realized that she was being the second tier Patsy. And she was just like, if you're going to serve my head, I'll serve your head. How about that? I, I still felt like Mira had more more behind her character than but, Park seems to. But think about maybe why it is. Is it because the character was written differently because the actor, or is it because you were getting to know all of them? So in that in that scenario, you are looking at all of them as basically with equal opportunity. Whether in this one, you get a ton of history with the other ones and nothing with her. So you're, you're meeting her uh, and we met Samar in season two. There wasn't a lot. And at the beginning, it felt like Samar was being used exactly the same way. But it's, I think it's also that sense that you know somebody, some of this. It's like seeing at the same time somebody right in your face and somebody way far ahead that you don't. That's you don't a good really point. That, that's a very good point. And that because I've had a really hard time really putting my finger on why I dislike Park so much. And it's it's not even that I really dislike her. I just don't care. And, you know, maybe that's it. Maybe she just I don't know. It just they she's just new. She's the new kid on the block and you get to know all these characters and it feels like she's disrupting. You don't know her because she's in the distance while the other guys are sitting next to you for six years and counting. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe that's it. I don't know. I, you know, I'm hoping that they change my mind on Park. I mean, she's here, so I would like to like her. I just... Oh, I I have no doubt that either she will continue or she will die a a death. Because we are about due for a blood sacrifice of a character. (laughs) Welcome to the team. Now we murder you. (laughs) Yep. So here you are. We are going to love killing you. He just answered. I said that and Ray goes, Row! <laughs> All right, words of the cat. Uh-huh. She's a blood sacrifice. 
Uh, but I'm going to miss, I mean, if she dies, I'm going to miss her seeing almost killing people. That was a good fight with this guy. He had no chance against her. Oh, yeah. It was, I love the way she flipped over his back. Yeah. I mean, cause she's, she's really small. Um, the actress is. Yeah, dude, that and means so, that you have a, your center of gravity is much lower to the ground, yep. and you can fight a lot of bigger guys who yep. tip over. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. But yep. it just, I love that. That, like I said, that's the one interesting thing to me right now with her is is her sense of fighting style, mm-hmm. and the way she goes at that when she gets zoned in. And so I really do like that. We'll see how it goes. We'll see what what changes in the future. And before we di- dive into Liz, I think we should consider talking a little bit about Ilya. Yeah, definitely. Um, so Liz so- is going to look for Ilya Koslov. She went to the FBI, and the FBI guy told her, nope, that guy's a ghost. We don't know anything about him. Yep, and uh, which is interesting because, I mean, he should have been on somebody's radar. He was there. He had a wife. He was living no, 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 no. Ilya has a wife. Ilya Koslov was uh, a KGB operative. Well, uh, Bloom, Frank Bloom. From Bloom, in that identity, he is a wife, and the wife seemed to be a regular person, not a... I, I have no idea what happened to the wife if Ilya just skipped down. <laughs> it's like, well, why? <laughs> this is... um, And this is where I get really excited, because... Ilya really is, um, let me just go back here and remind people of a few of our ghosts, people who have been described as ghosts. Uh, Red, you know, you were like a ghost for 12 years. I couldn't find you. Berlin, I've been trying to find you, but you're a ghost. He was a ghost. Nobody could find him. Um, and those are two uh, former intelligence guys who managed to go on a revenge or whatever and managed to evade everybody. That makes sense, right? Both are fugitive from the, their respective countries. Both are criminals. But now we've gone to the really interesting ones. And you're going to love this part when I get to the end of it. Leonard Cole. Which, by the way, is a nod to Gene Hackman character Bill in in um, um, Enemy of the State. Same glasses, same crazy stuff, surveillance, Iran Contra, uh, all that. He's really a nod to that great character in uh, from Gene Hackman. He's a CIA agent that uh, it has a burn notice that they eliminate. They don't. He doesn't exist. Nobody can find him. The FBI can find him. They finally find him. I think through Mossad. Mossad had his prints and could find him, but the FBI, to the FBI, the CIA, he was invisible. He couldn't be found. Next one is Brian Osterman and Ilya Surkov, who's operating as a Luther, um, something Luther, uh, Tobias Ruther. And he is also a CIA agent who supposedly has been giving a burn notice, but in reality is actually working behind the scene with his boss, which is the new clan, the new Peter. And he has this whole task force that he had convinced them that he is working with the CIA, which he is, but he in theory isn't because he had been giving a 
uh, burn notice. So the agency have deniability. He was fired and he disappeared. He went dark. We don't know who he is. Uh, we have no idea about what he's doing. And this guy recruited agents from the KG, from the SVR, from other services. And he had this task force that was fake. Not really, but yes. Um, and that brings us to another guy. And they couldn't find the prints either for Brian Osterman. We come to another guy who mysteriously, even though he's supposed to have been investigated by the CIA and came in an asylum and his fingerprints don't exist and his face doesn't match any facial recognition, Dom Wilkinson. That's another guy who they describe as a ghost. Wrestler couldn't find anything about him. That doesn't make any sense. If he was really investigated, his prints and his face and his face would be in in databases. And yet, it has been had it not been for the Russians telling him who he was, Wrestler would have been like, "It's a ghost. I can't find him. I have no idea who he is." Um, and that takes us to another guy now, Ilya, also described as a ghost. Also, who the FBI has nothing on them, and. MI6 found information on him. And Katerina Rostova has also been described as a ghost. So is Blondcat. And that takes us to another guy who seemed to have a Teflon identity, Tom Keene. He was a suspect in a murder investigation. His prints are clean. He gets a job as a teacher. Um, it doesn't matter how many times he's investigated and by whom that identity of his just passes everything. So this is what I think I'm going. they're going with this. I think that that charade that Dom was talking about is making blonde Katerina think that Dom, Ilya, and Katerina were KGBs. And for that, they invented this name, Ilya Koslov. He is Ilya. Doesn't mean that Koslov is his last name. Katerina was Katerina Rostova. And Dom, Lord knows what he was when she knew him. They kept their first names and they got a different last name. And they recruited Blonde Cat, who was really a KGB agent, in order to create a Trojan horse and get their Katerina, who looked just like the other Katerina, inside the KGB. So the KGB had no idea that instead of their Katerina, they were have another another Katerina who was not really a KGB but a CIA, and that's what I think they're going with this because this is way too many CIA agents who nobody can find anything about them. They disappear. If you remember the comics, there was another one, and this time it was an FBI who disappeared and nobody could find him, the gambler. So what do you think about that? Am I crazy? Well, I mean, yes, but not necessarily because of that. You and I would not be friends if you weren't a little crazy. Yeah. Um, I like it. Uh, I, I think, because I, I keep looking for that in where the cabal is going to come back around. Because we're not done with it. It's going to mm-hmm. come back. And it's, I, I'm just waiting for that shoe to drop on where and how the cabal is connected to all of this. Mm-hmm. And so I, I do wonder, and I, I've had, I've played with a theory for a long time that Katarina Lottie cat, you know, Liz's mom cat, um, that she was working for the cabal. That's, you know, that red was in the middle of the cabal and that Scotty 
met you know, she knew Katarina because I am convinced those two knew each other. Um, oh, they did. They did. <laughs> Otherwise, why would uh, why would Constantine get her of everybody just and hold something over her head that she felt obliged to take the job? Um, but I. I think that they knew each other and I think it was through the cabal and I think because hmm. uh, I am I am also convinced that as crazy as Howard was at certain points I do think he was right that Scotty was not who she presents herself to be I don't think she was a doppelganger that his wife was replaced with I don't think he even believed that no um, besides he was talking about our son and all that her now yeah but and, it but, was it makes a very good plot to get tom to overcome tom tom's reluctance to spy on his own mother yeah and so which i think by the way that was what jennifer did with liz oh he's not your father he's just an imposter yeah it's these spy families man they just they manipulate and they twist i'm waiting for thanksgiving I know, right? Mm-hmm. I wrote that for you a while back. Yeah. I want everybody, like, they have to empty their pockets. There is no knives on the table. You reach with your hands. Remember that one episode from season three, I think it was. Yeah, it was season three when Liz had been on the run after she got taken. Mm-hmm. And everybody walks in and Kate's taking all the phones mm-hmm. and the weapons at the door. Mm-hmm. That would be Thanksgiving. Yes. There's there's a, a thing and everybody get wounded. There is no glasses at the table. The plates are plastic or or no even paper. And there's paper cups and yeah, there's yeah. like nothing. Like you, it would be very difficult to commit homicide. You have yeah. to use your own hands. And the ta- and the and the tables and the chairs are all uh, glued to the floor. <laughs> <laughs> All the precautions taken. Yep, that's that's the way we go there. And um, Liz, Liz tells them that nobody will be committing homicide in front of her daughter. <laughs> and then Agnes Liz will be and say, "It's like, oh, mom, like you did the other day in the park." And Liz will be like, "What? I didn't." No, it's like this child will be at least ten before she sees her first death. Unlike the parents, <laughs> you know. Yeah, what you already saw. And, eh. Eh, well. <laughs> so, um, I think I think that the, what is upsetting me is I don't know what Liz is going to do with this Ilya information. Do you think that she's going to follow up on her own, or she's going to give it to to uh, Cat? I see. As soon as I saw that, it actually made me feel a whole lot more comfortable because I get the impression that she is trying to find him for answers. That she may not necessarily believe Katerina, Blancat. That she's playing that angle so that if it's true, if it is her mother, you know, then she's free and safe and okay. But if it's incorrect, she's following the lead through Ilya, who seems to be a third party that might be willing to tell her more. And she might be able to get more information from. And so... I I don't think I mean Cat, Blonde Cat's already had Ilya. That's that's been there, done that. She's gotten that information. Anything she could from that. You don't think that that uh, that that uh, Blonde Cat thinks that she can beat a little bit more out of him? Uh, I mean maybe that that's a possibility. But that was not the impression I got. I I am leaning more into that Liz is doing her own investigation. That's a, I, that's a very uplifting view. I'd like that. I'm trying here. I mean, we're in we're in sad times right because, now. I'm just because uh, I mean, Rhett told her that the man was like a brother to him, and to serve him on a platter for this woman who already almost had him dead. It's, I yeah I and I think that 
Because while Liz, and, and that goes back to boundaries, with Liz saying that they blur sometimes, but mm-hmm. they do have them, I think that's, a, this moment right here is one of those, it's blurry, she's chasing something down, but she does have boundaries, and killing that man was not on her agenda. She got Ilya out of there. She made sure Ilya was safe. I don't because think she's going to answers. <laughs> I don't well, I don't think she's going to deliver him back on a silver platter to blonde cat. I really don't. Now, not not intentionally. She may yes. end up leading blonde cat to him by accident because she's so busy chasing her answers down, but I don't think she's going to intentionally hand him over again knowing what blonde cat was willing to do to begin with. Yeah. Well, it's a it's a it's a good point. I hope you're right because that it would make um, I, it's not that I dislike Liz. I don't dislike Liz. I understand where you know where the where it's a well drawn character that I know where it's coming from, but um, I I sometimes worried about Liz's definition of of loyalty, Liz's definition of family. Sometimes she thinks that when she somebody has an answer for her, it doesn't matter if they almost jump off a roof with her daughter. Or if they beat a guy almost to death, or if they were they conquered on the head, if she thinks they got an answer for her, she can believe. I mean, she believed Jennifer when she should have at least checked things up for herself. So as as long as somebody's family had an answer, it's like you got a free pass. Yeah. And meanwhile, and I'll rattle wrestler that wrestler was investigating your identity and my mother. I'll tell Red whatever. I'll tell anybody whatever. I'll fake my death. I let them to suffer. Ah, I had to do it. So that attitude of Liz is, is and, it, and yet it is consistent with a character who has suffered, who's a narcissist because she suffered a tremendous um, uh, trauma in childhood, which is what she tells uh, Constantine, by the way. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see. I, I like that trail that we're following down. Mm. I was very happy to see it because, you know, I, I like to see Liz doing more than just being another filler on the team. And, you know, the, the fact that she's chasing this down and that she's, you know, given this path. She's not just following it. And th- th- I think that's the biggest thing is that I, I don't like it when she's just being yanked around by red, yanked around by blonde cat, yanked around by this and that and everything else. She's taking, it, it appears to me that she's taking ownership of this in the best way she knows how. And, you know, she's planning for a rainy day. She's mm-hmm. got a, a uh, fake passport for for um, Agnes, you know she has one in there for herself. More than, there more was than a, one, apparently. Yeah, there was a birth certificate in there. Um, I don't know who it was for. It was in French, though, which was interesting. Um, and tons of cash. And who knows where she got the cash, but she has it. Um, that could be still remnant from some of what uh, Tom had. Because yeah, Tom I mean, must have had money out because... He's been working for so many years, and we know that she would, he started investigating his companies and took all his money. Well, he, she had him in the in the ship. Yeah. Um, so it could be from that still. Um, I kind of got the impression they blew through a lot of that. But, you know, maybe it's still from that. Or maybe it's from – because, I mean, he would have been paid for working uh, for Halcyon for mm-hmm. those, what, two, three months that he was there. My guess is that – 
Scotty paid him well, even mm-hmm. after ever. I mean, it's her kid. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, there's, I could see that. And I could also see Scotty being willing to pay an unmarked bill <laughs> mm-hmm. for, for the rainy day. I mean, that's, I, I loved that part. Yeah. And so are we, uh, are we ready to get into? So for all of you who are not Tom King fans, uh, this is when we're going to start talking about Tom. And just so that you know, the the podcast name is Keen Minds is because we both like the Keens. I'm not a shipper. Jen is a shipper. I'm not. I like the parallels between the Keens. Jen loves the shipping. And I'm they a were. Fan. Yes, you are a parallel fan, too. You're both. Hi. <laughs> yeah, in fact. <laughs> Don't leave me out of the parallels, man. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm sorry. That was a terrible thing of me to do. And so, um, and so we started a podcast because we like the character and we like what the things that it was saying about the story. And we felt that a lot of the of other podcasts and blogs were being influenced by I like Tom Keen or I don't like Tom Keen, but very few people were actually analyzing the Keens and what it means to the story because after those after all this is a story and every character that is in there is telling us something. So for all of you who don't like uh, Tom Keen, feel free to skip the next part and we'll see you the next time. Um, and for those who do, Let's get into the Keens. Yes, I've been waiting. (laughs) And what uh, a way to come back. Oh, so I've been saying for a while, um, because obviously season five, the fall finale is when Tom was killed. And so that was halfway through season five. And then the back half of season five was all about Liz finding out who killed her husband and seeking revenge and chasing after this at the end of season five we see you know ghost tom nod back to your ghost um at at the uh at the funeral or i'm sorry at the um cemetery Mm -hmm. and you get the impression that liz is saying goodbye um she takes her we don't see her take her wedding ring off there but season six she's no longer wearing her wedding wedding ring she's and tom is not mentioned all in season six it's like he's been forgotten and you know that in the blacklist when something is forgotten well see and that's just biding their time a lot of times that's accurate um and then first half of season seven we got a couple of mentions about tom uh we had I believe it was Red telling Liz that she needs to, you know, basically move on. Yeah, um, a bigger life. Yeah, bigger life. And then you had Liz mentioning Tom, um, that that her husband she chose that place for this escape route when she's helping Blonde Cat escape. Move into the second half of season seven, and suddenly he's been mentioned back to back to back. It's this. I mean, for for the haters out there, they're just they're twitching. Um, I'm I'm living it up because it's the closest thing I'm getting to Tom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I I have been sitting back, and we're about to take a trip down down my rabbit hole with me for a moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tessa has all of hers that she goes down. I have a well, 
I have Why a couple. You have a few. I I do. I I've started to develop more rabbit holes lately. Um, but, but you had a, 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 I, I'm not letting you forget that you had a, you had a spreadsheet. I did have a spreadsheet. That's I was gonna say when I said this was my only rabbit hole, then I remembered my spreadsheet with blonde cat. There's <laughs> just a couple rabbit forget. holes. <laughs> Tess is not gonna let me swing past that one. <laughs> Um, anyway, but when, when he started coming back up, um, one of my, one of the things that I saw and I was like, eh, they may be going this direction. And I, I'm always as, as a huge Tom fan as, I mean, I came into the blacklist following Ryan from another show. That's how I started watching the blacklist. Um, he was on a show called Sons of Liberty that he filmed, uh, in the middle of season two. So while Tom was stuck on a boat, Ryan was off filming, you know, being mm-hmm. Joseph Warren. Um, he played my historical hero in that. And I'm like, who is this guy? Is he doing anything else? Went and looked him up. And at the, the roomie of the time, she and I go, oh, look, he's on a thing with James Spader. Let's check it out. And then we both started binging this thing and just flew through it and fell in love with it. So Jen is not really a fan from day one. No, I started mm. mid part of season two. Um, that may have really helped me uh, mm-hmm. to be on board with Tom because I was aware something was coming. I didn't know what that something was. Um, I my earliest theories was that he, you know, worked. I think CIA was one of my very earliest theories. Um, I no longer believe that Tessa I do. leans more that direction. I do not. But you know, it's I, I knew something was coming. So when it you know, when it turned out that he was not innocent little teacher, I was not shocked. Mm-hmm. Um, as a lot of people were, because Ryan does an excellent job with it. But see, anyway, the moment I I did I did realize that he was not the second he they woke up. Yeah, I knew it. I mean, Liz was brushing her teeth, and I'm like, this guy is not who he thinks he is. <laughs> um, I think that one of the one of the first inclinations, um, I don't remember if it was the first round through it that I saw this, but he was too calm after being beaten to kingdom come and tied to a chair in their home. He was way too calm and looking at Liz and instead of going, babe, help me, my FBI wife, save me. He's going, don't, don't say anything. And he's got that look in his eyes and you're just going, this is not a fourth grade teacher. <laughs> you know, at least that is not his only job. Yeah. Um, I, anyway. I knew the moment that he they they got. I mean, when they were in the house, I'm like, this woman is very bitchy. Why is he taking it? And <laughs> then we were in the they they are in the in the stairs, and there's helicopters and and cop cars, and and I'm like, okay, this guy is definitely not who he think is. And I, then when they were doing the, 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 he was calling her and says, oh, it's a classified job. It's like, yes, but he's in love with her. You know, Tom, Tom was just so thrilled to find out that they were coming for her and not him at that point. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he didn't saw flinch. That <laughs> he didn't flinch. And that's why you know that, that Liz was not who she said he was because that, that reaction was like, this woman got things, have secrets of her own. This is not her. This is. They're they're just not doing that. Yeah, uh, it's. It, I think they did an excellent job. We've been over it over the years. I mean, mm-hmm. as we said, this is this is a podcast that was designed to dig into the Keens together separately. 
all of the above. Mm-hmm. And we have over the years. Um, we have all of our archived episodes for that. Um, but as we stand right now, I, I was listening to what was being said, how he was being brought up. And I had, I said, okay, I feel like while there could be other things, the two possibilities I'm seeing are either the one that I want, Tom is secretly alive and we're about to alias this and he's going to pop up at the end. Or Liz is going to move on. Oh yeah. She's about to get a new love interest and it's basically a, yeah, we are aware she was married, but Hey, new love interest. And so I was kind of on, on the fence about that waiting and waiting and hoping for one over the other. And then this episode happened and this is following the conversation between she and red about, you know, she's not sure, you know, how to move on or she doesn't, you know, she doesn't see how. Yeah. And here in this, this episode, She's talking to Agnes about Tom. She's kept his go box. Yes. That is, that is the box that was buried under their dining room table that with the everything that she hated for so long that in season four, she finally said, I used to be afraid of this guy, yeah, of these, but I'm not anymore. And she accepted him in that moment of who he is and what he does. Yeah. And, and not only that... It, it, they mentioned the apartment. They got the apartment because Tom liked that you could access, you could get out of that building unseen. So this is, I mean, we're seeing a whole side of Liz that only comes when you look at her through the Tom view, which yeah. is something that I really like because, you know, we always said without Tom, Tom was Liz's anchor, but they were also very well suited for each other. Now, yeah. did you see also what happened when she got out of the uh, the box yeah the scar yes we've, we've gone back that's to the a scar. And moment i mean they I, couldn't just put a flashlight in there it was gorgeous it was so amazing and i, I actually have a gift set up it's it's on tumblr right now so because i wanted to highlight that because it was they have it right next to the scar it's clear absolutely clear that the scar is the same as the the carving in the box or and this is making a connection it may not be but she's making a connection it certainly looks like it, um, but which is odd because Gina had the same box. So that's my only question there. I'm like, eh. But the box, you know? I see that happen, and I I think we've talked about it. But for those of you who have not heard this, if you look at Tom Box, it's an old box, and he has this weird thing that is actually not only carved but kind of like burned into. Um, almost like there was something sitting on that top of that box that was the base. And this, it, it kind of fit in there, right? And when we look at Gina's boxes, box, it is not as detailed. The box is rough, like Tom made it for her. And the, de- and the design is almost like he took, like, you know, a, a, a model of her, his own and put it in there, but it lacks the two dots. And those two dots are in Tom's envelope. So I think that Tom made that box for Gina when they were teenagers and kind of maybe in love or a friend thing or whatever. I have a okay. theory. Okay. It's a new theory. I'm excited yeah. to have new theories yes. right now. I was jumping. Been this excited about the blacklist in a long time. Let me have it. <laughs> um, Absolutely, go for it. So, 
we we were introduced the box in the first season when it was connected to the assassination of the man that was trying to defect from Russia. Um, Blakey on his name, but regardless, it was connected to all that. And Mr. Gina Falcon. confessed. Thank you. Um, Gina confessed to that crime in the Gina's on a tacos episode. Mm-hmm. That's where we see the box, all of that. My running theory on what all of that actually, what, what happened behind there is that Gina did kill him, but Tom was there to get rid of the weapon. And that's why he had the weapon. And so that's that's kind of always been my in the background sort of theory. And so I'm wondering if maybe he made a replica of his box that he had used, that he did use, and that maybe he got that does have a connection to Liz's scar in some I way or another. I think that uh, box came with him when he was taken. Taken? Oh. But what? Ooh. Because he uses it as his symbol. He yeah. puts it in the envelope to mark it as his own. Like Red has the the Polaris symbol. Tom uses that as his symbol. So you would have the connection back to when Liz got that scar. It'd be the same. And I think it's all going back to the cabal. I really it's all think. It's going I think... back to the cabal. It's all going back to this four-year-old kid disappearing. It's all going back to having a connection between Scotty and Katerina. And I know you don't want to think about this, but I want you to think in a different way. Hold on. Hold on. I know. She's like, no, 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 don't destroy it. Hold on. <laughs> Let's imagine for a second that that dark-haired woman is actually not Katerina, but Katerina's sister, who's actually strange from her mother. And why is she strange from her mother? Because her mother took her kid. Mm, Hold on. I, I, Liz, Tom, however, is not the daughter of Katerina. Biologically, she's the daughter of Blonde Cat, who didn't want her because she was tired of men controlling her life, never liked her, never wanted her. Katerina takes her, but it's not her biological daughter. And she brings him up as Masha. And so Liz basically grew up with none of her biological parents. Think about it. Uh, I just Now I you have that, that dark-haired woman, those two dark-haired women going back, and maybe Tom and Liz grew up as cousins, but they're not related. Mm-mm. They're not related at all. I just don't think that's ever going to sell with an American audience. Because they're not related. It doesn't matter. It why? doesn't matter. Why wouldn't it matter? Because it's more, it's more than biology with that. It's, For two it's more. For kids that grew up as four-year-olds were taking and grew up apart? I just, I just don't think it would sit well. I don't think it would do well. Because in your mind it's incest, but it's not. They're yeah, not but that, you just hit the, the nail on the head. In your mind, it's incest. In your mind. It's an, emo- it's an emotional reaction. Uh, it's an emotional reaction. And so that's that's what it boils down to. I don't, I don't think I they're going to go. I know you hate that theory, but mark my words. Uh, and you know me. If it comes about and this is where we end up, I'll go, all right. <laughs> Tessa was right. There are other things I would be much happier you'd be right about. But they make sense that they knew each other as kids, that I they play in the God, beach because they I, had that weird thing about wanting to go to the beach. I agree. I think they knew each other as children. That's been a long-running theory of mine. I think that Scotty and Katerina knew each other, worked together and that they used those beach days to pass information. Possibly. 
two moms out with their kids, totally innocent, just happen to be on the same beach. They get chatting. They're passing intel. While Tom and and Liz, it has to be Constantine Rostov had to have something on Scotty that Scotty was desperate not to have it out. And it's not because it wasn't about money. They both have more money than they need. So that had to be about information. And that information had to go back to Katerina and that information have to go back to the cabal. And there is something in here that is always been going in here and that I think it's it's coming back. It's always under the surface. It's always like a little, like, you know, like this. Whenever they don't mention a character for a while that has been part of a mythology, just beware. It's coming back. It's coming yeah. back big. Um, I, I found it fascinating, this thing, that, you know, they, they, they got this thing about the apartment. Now they got, she has the box and she has a box hidden in more or less the same place that Gina had it. And they're fake passports and birth certificates and money. It's like, yes, Liz, you got it. Yep. It's it's because after the lives that both of the Keens have lived, Tom was t- kidnapped as a small child. He grew up in St. Regis. He's been a covert operative more, more years than he hasn't at this point. And Liz killing somebody you know, uh, murdering somebody at four years old and being raised by a grifter and the way she was raised, they just know that when everything looks like it's working out, it's about to hit the fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I found it was very interesting to, um, you know, not only the scar, the symbol is all coming back together, but I have... You know that I've always said this, uh, the parallels seem to say that Tom has to be alive. Um, I said for years that if Katerina is alive, which I'm convinced she is, real, the real Katerina, the well, real. Liz's mom, yeah, Lottie's cat, that if she is alive, then Tom has to be. And so that's, that is, I, and I, I keep going back to, and we had a request on Tumblr to do a full episode about Tom being alive theories. And I love the idea. I'm all for it. We're talking about doing it after the season wraps. Mm. Um, but I, they, they could, I, I believe, cause we saw Ryan do it when he was on redemption. He is fully capable of starring in a show and doing small scenes on a second one. They could litter him in and they're doing it so well right now. Just name dropping all yes. the hints, bring it back around. And then I was talking to uh, blacklister 214 on Tumblr about it today. You don't actually have to see Tom to chase down this idea of Tom being alive. Well, and, and I'll, you know, I've seen the, the, the comparisons and the parallels being done all over. Um, I, I noted that, that it was not Red who saw the body, but Cooper, so it's hearsay. Um, I thought about why Scotty seemed to be so, like, lackadaisical. Eh, you yeah. know, I mourn him for so long, so he died that again. That has always been a sticking point with me because that was a redemption writer that wrote that episode. Mm-hmm. And for them to have, quote unquote, wrapped up redemption so terribly, it was insulting. 
and it's made me angry for years. And but it would make so much more sense if Scotty knows Tom's alive. If she's because I I am of the opinion that nothing would keep Tom from reaching out to Liz unless he was being held. And probably the only person that would be capable of doing that would be Scotty. Mm-hmm. And there is a, there is an interesting thing that that happened this episode. So far for me, it had been about the parallels and seeing the parallels and seeing how they work. They never, they're not never exact. It's almost like a mirror that is just slightly tilted. Um, and, and it's a long time, but this time I got a very different impression when Liz got the box out and she sat with Agnes and Agnes came out and said that and it just gave me this thing of imagining Liz coming out and finding Katerina writing in the diary and all these things that it just went back there and like mm-hmm. this is this is something that is happening here and we're seeing a lot of episodes ending with Agnes which is you know if you were writing a music that would be the coda it ends up in there and then it picks up and it's always going to to Tom and Agnes Tom and Agnes and this episode when Liz sat down and said and asked Agnes have I ever told you how your father and I met I got this feeling like Liz knows Liz has been in contact with him and she misses him. It's not that she doesn't think she'll ever see him again. It's that she just misses him. And I I think And it's the same thing if, that I see with Red. Why has Red not married? Why has he really not gone off to Cassandra? He doesn't need to abandon this to go with Cassandra. He could just have a partner, permanent partner. It's because in his mind, Red is still with Katerina. It doesn't matter if if she's not there. That's their life partner. Value yep. or loyalty above all else. Uh, I think that you know, I mean, obviously Red has slept around there. I mean, but I don't think that's really infidelity, especially in the spy world. I mean, for for them in the situation They've that been they are separated in. for 20 years. I yeah, mean, what's a guy exactly. going to do? Become a monk? But, but in his own emotional state, just as you were leaning into, that that he's never going to be able to hold down a permanent relationship with another woman because his heart still belongs to Katerina. Yep. And, you know, in my theory, he just saw her. And in my theory, she just, again, fake his death. And after, she's, after Naomi supposedly died... Red is doing what? Looking for the surgeon who maybe was involved in a surgery with Katerina. He's losing weight and he's looking for a cure. Hello. Does that sound like somebody who just thinking, oh, she's free again. My turn. Uh, it just, I, I do believe that, that they're circling around. They're paralleling this. Um, I think if Liz knows that Tom's alive, she that probably it, just learn it. Yeah, I think I think it's a recent uh, knowledge that either Tom reached out somehow, or Scotty finally broke down and told her, or because I I believe there's a marked difference in Liz since Katerina <gasps> left and now, or marked. or maybe Agnes spilled a secret that. 
Grandma Scotty told her never to tell. <laughs> you know, there was a man that looked just like him. He was that in a man bed in a respirator. Uh, I I I hope that they don't go. Tom has been in a coma this whole time because I'm gonna bang my head against the wall. But well, you know, <laughs> there is so many other things that they could do. I mean, the yeah. mind could have just escaped and and thought that Liz was dead and went to hike in the Himalayas. And he's yeah. been hiking all over the Himalayas for three years. Or memory manipulation. Uh, Blackluster mentioned that one when we were talking earlier. Memory manipulation. You could also have... Maybe I, Dr. Freelove is saying, yeah, and I also manipulated your husband's memory <laughs> so he wouldn't remember you. But he couldn't tell you now because... Wrestler had his memories wiped. <laughs> yeah. I also wonder what Wrestler found out. Oh. I think Ress would bring it up to Liz. I don't think if he knew, I don't think that'd be something he'd he's keep. He's getting from her. better. I think that he's getting better about Liz and secrets. I don't know. Um, I think that that would be a heck of a secret to keep. Um, her dead husband is <laughs> not dead. I think it's um, more likely that that uh, if 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 Tom had found out, he actually reached out to her to warn her about that, and that goes to my theory of who was in the bag, not Raymond Reddington, but a fake Katerina Rostova body, or a, another one of the doppelgangers who was killed. By yeah. Neville Townsend on his fi- on his search for the real one. Mm, that would be interesting. The real one. Because if you if if you think about that, and we haven't talked about the bones in a while, so allow me my little flight of fancy. Bag of bones. Um, yeah, the bones. I never let go of those bones. I'm like a dog with the bones. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not letting those dog. Bones away because I know something is up with them. And if you, I mean, bear with me. I'm going to do very, very quickly here. When Kate takes him out, what does she do? She goes and touches lovingly the Kate like a headstone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she apologizes for letting them. And she had him buried not in a bag or a sack of plastic, which would have been a far more better place to put them she had them in a loving suitcase and she wrapped obviously the suitcase in plastic to keep it intact and planted in a tree with a carp thing obviously Kate believed those bones were Katerina we get out of there and what does Dempe says to Red Liz is never going to believe to be able to learn what you did to Katerina we're meant to think that the bones are Katerina but I think what what Red did is hide her death I hide her fake death and force her to remain in the shadows because she didn't have a fake death to rely upon. Then Red takes the bones to burn them at Tom's. And the problem starts when we get to Garvey because Garvey has obviously no interest in Katerina. There are so many questions hanging from Garvey still. So many questions. Wait. They're not really. Think about this. What is Garvey's only objective? His only interest is Jennifer. Jennifer and her mother. Because they didn't give us that scene at the motel with a beautiful woman for no reason. They gave us that scene to tell us he likes beautiful women. And he obviously has something to offer them because they're, there they are. <laughs> 
Um, and when the bones of Katerina is the only thing that we now know are valuable. Then Katerina fetches money. That's why he could have taken them public because they're worth money. That's why they take it when they go to an auction. Um, it's poor Smokey, poor deceased, deplaying Smokey, <laughs> ask Red, how come that if they're so valuable, nobody is taking them at the auction? So 2017, Garvey is all about, I'm going to control Red. He, it's almost like he, they're valuable. I can control Red. I could sell them. Then it's like, he, why doesn't he sell them? Uh, why doesn't he go public with them? So they have some value to them. And in 2019, uh, Garvey is, I want the whole truth. The only thing that has changed between 2017 and 2019 is that in 2018, uh, Frank Highland came and told Jennifer, and obviously he didn't find Jennifer in his own. That's not exactly Mensa material he was in. Um, so he probably found Garvey, and Garvey led him to Jennifer. And there is a dead Carla. And Garvey, who what got the bones in 2017 and they matched to Carla, now realizes, uh, I don't think so, because she was alive until 2018, 2017. So it cannot be the bones that I had because that woman was alive. These are all bones. So now he wants the whole truth because now he realized whoever that woman was that he had been guarding, he had been lying she had been lying to him, and she had been lying to Jennifer. She was not afraid of Red, because Frank Highland would have told her that Red saved her and gave her a new identity, and she wasn't scared at all. So that entire I'm scared of my husband little thing, it's not flying anymore. She know, he, Now Garvey knows she's been hiding in witness protection for no good reason. Not only that, but now that makes sense. Then you, the only change that we get is Ross, Nemba thinks that Ross are going to take them public because he wants revenge on Red. And it's only when we get to Jennifer, who's not exactly a fan of Red and not exactly a fan of Liz, who the bones appear to be Raymond Reddington. I think that Jennifer used the same thing that Howard used to get Liz to investigate Red. Oh, he's not the real one. He's a fake. And because the two are like so desperate for family, they believe anything they've been told. Now, advance to another thing. You know that that in Rasved, they give us that very strange highlighted moment when we actually see that the train station that Ilya is supposed to go is a 30th street station, train station. It's right there written yeah. on the paper. Well, there is only one 30th street train station. You care to guess which cities are? Philadelphia. There is only a 30th Street station in Philadelphia. So we have now a woman who's scared of her husband, a woman who's supposedly in a shelter, and a train station in which she meets Ilya in Philadelphia. Put it together. Do you think I'm still as crazy? <laughs> I told you for ages that I, I understand your path on it. Like, 
that I can see where you're getting it from. I just now I'm getting a lot more little details in. Yeah, I mean that's definitely a. Uh, I I think it's good that we've uh, gone back over it. It's interesting, and I will be the first person that if Carla turns out to be Katarina, to give you the virtual high five and go Tessa did it. <laughs> I will be the first person. Yeah. But plus until we then. have the the dark hair woman that is supposedly Katarina. Katarina's Muller's daughter and is a dark haired woman with a baby in with a lamp that is by Red's apartment. And she's wearing a ring in the in the index finger. There's only two women who have worn finger in um, rings on the index index finger, and that is Katarina and Scotty. I'm just gonna say Scotty did. Yeah. I love Scotty's ring game. She's got a very strong ring game. Mm-hmm. And very amazing rings, by the way. Oh, yeah, that's what I mean. Strong ring game. Yeah. Designer is amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know. I want them. Um, I I love those. She's she seems to be very big on like um the the rings that wrap around and mm-hmm. like those. I love spoon rings. I wear them regularly. Um. All right. I I think that's. I mean, we we, we can all the crazy theories. Tommy's alive. Carla is Katerina. And the bones were a fake death for Katerina. And we even sneak in that I think that Liz is actually blonde Katerina's biological daughter raised by Dom's daughter's Katerina. (laughs) And if you think about it. Red has never told her she's Masha. She's always, he's always danced. You were known as Masha. The girl was known as Masha. Uh, you told the world she was Masha. He's actually never said she is Masha. Just Scotty called her, Scotty called her Masha though. Yeah, that was yeah, the no. first way she responded about her is she called her Masha, yeah. which I, that's, that was probably the beginning of my Scotty knows Katarina. Yes. Rabbit trail that I'm down. Yeah. Yeah, and Dom calls her Masha, and Elia calls her Masha. So if there was a substitution there, and Liz is, was not really born as Katerina as Masha Rostova, it happened without them knowing. So it's hidden from them. But notice that blonde Katerina always called her Elizabeth Keene. She never called her Masha. Only yeah. when, only after she said, "Oh, you're my mommy," and and Blanca goes like, "What?" Oh, yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> I'm just going to roll with it. Yeah. yeah. Hey, kid, you're the best. You shot your dad for me, and now you're giving me the gift of a lifetime. I just don't know if Liz is quite as on her side as we originally thought. I think I she's following she her own trail. I, I hope so, too, because she's got to start learning sooner or later. And better later than, than not at all. Yeah. And and also, as as I gone along, at first I thought, oh, my God, this blonde cat is so absolutely reactionary and crazy and all over the place and crying one moment. And the next moment, she's like all sad. And the other one, she's evil. And then she's back to crying. So I did a very interesting thing. And, and I put it in. I didn't put it in Tumblr, but I put it in in Reddit. I separated her lines when she's talking to Birdie or the illusionist and when she's talking to all the others. And that's a very different picture. I bet you so, can yeah. see when she's talking to the illusionist or Birdie, she's clear-headed and very, very manipulative and, and hard. 
she just plays red and illy and dumb with that thing. And, oh, what are you doing? Love, I love you. I think that she really had appreciation and love for Ilya. But I think that all that, it's 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 fake. It's it's an act. And she's very good at it. That's why nobody can really, the reason why they can't understand and they can't anticipate what she's doing is because none of them had understand what she's going for. She's not, she's not escaping from the Townsend Directive. She's getting, she's part of the Townsend Directive and get trying to get Katerina. So it's very, this is very complex, but for me, it was very exciting when they said that Ilya was a ghost because it's like, yes, I've been saying this. This is a trade in which they're pretending to be KGBs and this is all coming nicely. And I got my 30th Street little clue and my dark hair clue and all the and the and the shelter thing. And I'm so excited. I'm just over here in my I'm starting to really lean into Tom being alive. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, didn't you get didn't you get that feel when when Liz leaned back that she knew? Oh yeah. Like I got I, this like oh I, no. I you know, I, I'm leaning more towards Liz knowing just because yeah. especially if it's something very recent, which might explain why it, so let's say between season or half season finale, the fall finale and now because we commented la- I think it was last week on how more you know is she playing red what's going on because she's so friendly with him and it seems to have really changed in there and mm-hmm. why is that so let's just say just toss it out there that something happened in that break that we haven't seen yet and we don't know is happening but somehow she and Tom made a con- uh, made contact. She knows, and that's why suddenly she's bringing, or maybe right before that even, because she's been bringing him up. And I know why. Because why? let's say that the ball, bo- and that's what I was going, and I totally missed it. <laughs> I-, I buried the lead so deep in which I couldn't even see it. What if 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 Tom saw the identity of the bones as Katerina, Tom? knows that this woman is not Katerina. So if he has been following her, waiting for the right time to come in, and saw this crazy woman that pretending to be Katerina, Tom is like, oh, no, 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 dear, your mommy is dead. I saw the bones. And if that is the case, that would make perfect sense what he would have made contact. Because maybe, I mean, it would be a shock for her to suddenly see him, but it's just... I mean, there's so many people who are supposed to be dead and then come back, and now we're having this. Surprise, babe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then she'd kill him again. <laughs> it, it all depends on what he's been doing. I mean, if he yeah. says, listen, I was in a coma, I woke up, and I didn't remember anything, and I went into into to, to do a, a, a hiking thing because uh, I, so I thought that you were dead. dead. And then I went to the Himalayas and then, I don't know, two years later, I come across this paper and then you're alive. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I I come in and I see this woman and she's pretending to be Katerina. Maybe maybe they will show him at the back of, you know, in the back of a closet in there. And and I mean, it just it's too much for me now to think that they're not going somewhere with this. I don't know where that is. My instinct is that Tom is alive and Liz learned that recently. Yeah. I'm with so you. So those are my connecting dots. 
Hey, we, we found a theory we both agree on. Yay! <laughs> and I think that's all I got. Um, it's a it's a very exciting season. I'm I'm sad that we're not getting the whole thing. I'm I'm very glad that we are going to get the wrestler episode because I was really looking forward to it. Yeah. And I hope that they, you know, I'm glad that everybody's okay and staying safe. It's the most important thing. This this um, virus is something that you cannot rely on being young or being old or whatever. You have no idea what's going to happen. It seems to leave some people completely untouched and others seriously ill or dead. And you can always be a carrier. And so even if you're not getting very sick, you could take it to your parents, your grandparents, what have you. So or somebody who they don't know yeah. that is that is has a, a weakness or whatever. It's exactly. very strange. So I'm glad that they're that they're all keeping safe. And um it's just gonna be an exciting thing. I'm looking forward to a lot of this the, episode. The show, not the virus. <laughs> yes, the show, not the virus. No. No. And and uh, um you know I'm I'm not terrible with the self isolation uh because I have a big property and and i'm never been too much about being into a lot of places with a lot of people but i do miss going out and having lunch and dinner yeah. out yes eating yeah. out is a big thing and i'm missing that yeah for our first world problems right here but yeah it's i'm going but a when you crazy. look at what's going on in other countries you're like thank god i'm not complaining because so many people have yeah. it so bad it's you know i was telling someone the other day they were talking about feeling bad about something with their writing and this and that and they went but you know everything going on in the world i don't have a right to do this and you can still feel sad like let yourself feel things don't don't negate your own feelings just because like someone Sam, else has there you are, Elodie. thank you follow your feelings <laughs> i have to speak yeah. that one <laughs> yeah i don't like <laughs> <laughs> i'm also not sure she's following her feelings more following the money <laughs> Yeah, or something else. Yeah, I mean, that that woman is up to no good. None at all. And she, um, all right, brilliantly played. So we'll see you next week, guys, and stay safe. Yep, stay safe, stay well. If you would like to talk with us, you can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr, and listen to us on SoundCloud, YouTube, and iTunes. Oh, and also, since we are going to go over the Tom is Alive theory in full uh, at the end of the season, we're going to dedicate something. If you guys have pieces of that theory of your own, because I know I've talked to other Tom fans and they have ideas, let us know. Like, shoot us a message over on Tumblr or on, you can reach out to Tess on Reddit. I'm, I don't pay attention to Reddit, but she's active on Reddit. You know, let us know, and we'd love to, you know, talk about them and discuss and make a whole thing of it. It's yeah, fun. and maybe we're sneaking one episode in which I invite the other Jan, uh, if I ever get her to um, to do one of these, and we'll discuss the crazy theories. Nah. All right, guys. <laughs> All stay right. Safe, stay well. See you next week. All right. Bye bye.